Hi, you're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. I'm Christian Collin. With me this week is Gavin Phillips. We're both from MakeYourself.com. And uh, we're here to bring you some tech news, tutorials and tips and tricks aimed at making tech easier for you. We are the tech podcast for technophobes. Uh, how are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Christian. Um, uh, how are you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not bad. Um, regular listeners will know that my tablet went weird. And um, I discovered that Samsung now do a door-to-door fixing service. Oh, so, wow. yeah, they, they teamed up with a team called WeFix, and they basically have got the Samsung contract. So what happened is my um, my Samsung Galaxy Tab S4, the bottom half of the screen is like three seconds behind the rest of the screen. It's really <laughs> weird. Uh, so I called them up. They said they'd send someone around. So they sent someone over, and he replaced the screen, and it's still the same. Oh, no. Yeah, so he knew that because he tested it and everything. And they have, like, a little desk and a PC and engineering tools and stuff in the back of their vans, which is kind of cool. Like an AA tech van. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was thinking the A-team, but, you know, you're bang on the AA. Yeah. And so they co- they were supposed to be coming back today with a new main board. But there's no new main board. They're going to oh, have to come no. another day because they sent the engineer another another display. So, oh, uh, so he got there and it was the completely wrong thing. Yeah. Well, no, he uh, messaged me and said that they're not, he's not coming now because they sent him the, the ah. main board, uh, that the the display again, and obviously needs the main board. So uh, this this saga looks set to run on and on. So uh, look out for uh, more news on this in future versions, <laughs> editions of the really useful podcast. Uh, we're going to crack on. We've um, got a lot to talk about uh, beyond um, the support or otherwise of uh, Samsung in the UK. We have uh, we're going to look at uh, the new Amazon Kindle for kids, uh, Google Maps voice guidance. We're going to find out about the new Google Assistant voice. We're going to look at maximizing a, a gaming performance on a Mac cashback apps windows 10 in safe mode and how to get there and some great text adventures you can play online we will start off with the new kindle for kids now this is a kindle it's not an amazon fire tablet it is a kindle ebook reader aimed at kids uh, they get a kid-friendly case one year of amazon free time limited and two-year worry-free guarantee which means they'll replace the device for free if anything happens uh it's kind of cool that they've done this. I can't believe it's taken them so long. It's surprising, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, they've, they've built some nice little extra features for kids in there as well, haven't they? Like the uh, it's got achievement badges. So kids yep. get predefined goals to work towards and you can earn badges when they make progress. So if they read a certain amount of pages per week, I imagine that comes with a, like a timer per page or something. So they can't just scroll endlessly to get to the badge at the end um, <laughs> kids uh, wouldn't do that no, they love reading all the time um uh, and the easy discovery seems quite good as well to help kids find the books that they actually want because you can quite quickly build up an extensive ebook library and it does get quite tricky to manage manage sometimes yeah yeah uh, yeah there's um i mean there's other cool things there's dictionary there's vocabulary builder kid-friendly wallpaper and it's available for $109.99 and will start shipping on October the 30th, so the end of this month in 2019. Uh, I dare say it's going to be a hot pick for a lot of kids this Christmas. Yeah, it was just in time for sort of 
Black Friday as well. And yeah, a, totally. The start of Christmas build-up. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. One concern, I couldn't see much uh, information on the the case specification. I, I imagine it's quite a rugged thing, but I couldn't see anything about it being waterproof or anything like that, which would be a, quite a handy addition for kids. Although you did say it was, it's got a two-year worry-free guarantee. So I guess if something does happen, you can at least... Send yeah, it back. yeah. It's a bit. Um, my my kids have uh, Kindle Fires at the moment. Well, two of them do. Mm. And uh, sorry, Amazon Fires, beg your pardon. And they only have a one year guarantee, which is really annoying. Because mm. um, the the well, I mean, the socket on one of them is really wobbly. So that's the sort of thing that you'd want to get fixed because half the time you won't charge unless uh, you, yeah. unless you're able to find a you know like a micro usb connector with that's perfectly sized to sit in there perfectly yeah and then the more you try and fit it in the worse you're actually making exactly. the, the problem yeah it's it, it's really tricky isn't it yeah yeah so um i mean that's the sort of thing i'd send but i've also got one with a crack in the screen which i can't do anything with anymore and uh yeah we've actually got four in total and so like there's three that are workable, but two are, work, are used regularly. And, you know, if, if they had that two-year thing on those, then I've got to send them back just like... Then again, the problems with certain games, like Minecraft, mm. which, you know, fun, exciting, in-depth, immersive game, but it occasionally makes children maybe not uh, behave quite so well when it's time to put the tablet down. Maybe just a simple... <laughs> Kindle Kids Edition might be the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we have like a remote uh, remote parental control or something like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to that. That's out on October the 30th, as noted. And uh, you, you dare say your Amazon account will tell you all about it the next time you visit the site. Because it tends to do that. Google Maps <laughs> now offers detailed voice guidance. Um, Google's ruling out, uh, rolling out Big Bang, a new feature to help people with visual impairments get around. This isn't for driving. This is for when you're walking around the street. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's also for people who are absolutely useless at finding their way around cities as well. I'm, I regularly go to cities and get lost. I once went to London, used Google Maps, to get from A to B and ended up going from A to sort of Q. <laughs> it's embarrassing. And Q, you know, B was a hotel. I was trying to get to, to drop stuff off to then get to Z. Um, so yeah, uh, this is voice guidance feature. Uh, it's a new feature that we say built from the ground up and it's been built by people with vision impairments and for people with visual impairments. Uh, it features audio information when they're walking to the destination using Google Maps. Um, as an example, Wakana Sugiyama, a business analyst at Google, and um, describes how she can navigate the streets of Tokyo with more confidence and comfort. Um, Google Maps proactively lets me know that I'm on the correct route, she says, the distance until my next term and the direction I'm walking in. And, you know, if you can imagine anyone who's visually impaired, you may know, uh, who may use a stick or or a or a, a guiding dog? Um, this is obviously really really useful stuff because the dog probably doesn't know where you're going in uh, mm. in, a, in a new city. So uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a great great tool. Um, my um, 
No, I, I mean, I do have a relative who would benefit from this, but I'm not sure he'll actually use it because uh, my dad doesn't tend to go out much, um, partially due to problems um, getting about. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think for most most people, this would prove useful in that, in that situation. Yeah, definitely. And it's great as well that Google have developed this from the ground up because we've seen often they buy a startup and shoehorn it into an existing mm. app. So they've yeah. built this um, specifically uh, with with people with visual impairments in mind. It is really good. I hope it doesn't become one of those things that Google uses for a few years and plays with and then gets consigned to the Google dustbin of apps that is is quite large although it's integrated into google maps so i don't think that will necessarily happen but for something to be so useful and integrated into an app that's on basically every phone these days most people use google maps yeah um, don't they so yeah I, I'm, I'm really excited to to see how this works yeah i think improved accessibility um is the kind of the next playground for for, for you know, existing devices isn't it it's the next step into you know delivering usability mm-hmm. to people so i can't see them getting rid of it really but you know it wouldn't surprise me with google no absolutely we've seen various extremely popular apps just disappear off the face of the earth so but um they've well, hell been... microsoft can do it why shouldn't google yeah <laughs> we're all massive tech companies we'll do what we want yeah <laughs> yep. yeah it's ours yeah yeah we're taking our ball home um speaking of google uh, you can now make google assistant talk like Issa ray the american actress writer director and producer has lent her voice to google assistant uh, gavin and i both have a confession to make we have no idea being british who Issa <laughs> ray is. we've both googled her and found out that she's quite the quite the polymath so that, that's that's great um, i'm sure she's I, I haven't heard her speak i don't believe but, uh, no, she's got a lovely voice. I, should, I, I had a listen. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, beautiful. Great, great. Um, as announced <laughs> on the keywords, you can now change the voice of Google Assistant to Issa Rae. Uh, this follows from um, previous uh, celebrity voices. There was one um, John in Legend. April 2019. It was John Legend who who um, he annoys me. Oh. I like he's got a beautiful voice. Don't get me wrong. It's just his name annoys the hell out of me. Oh, John Legend. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Well, 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 who says you can have that name? It's not on. Good old legendary John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's quite a nice addition. I think they should they should branch out and do do more voice cameos, and they should give people the option to introduce their own voices as well. Before yeah. we we went on air, I was I was reading about a workaround that lets you add your own voice to Google Assistant. It's it's quite extensive, as you can imagine, because Google Assistant covers quite a lot of different areas. So you can pick and choose the areas that you want. And it, you can do it on Android using the Android automation app Tasker um, and an extension called Auto Voice 3.5. So it's quite extensive and I've, I've not tried it, but it does look like it works. Okay. So you could give your own voice. I mean, would you want to hear your own voice coming back at you all the time, though, from no, no nobody likes their own voice. No, exactly. You know, I don't think even the, the the people with the greatest voices in history like their own voice. No. So, um, I mean, I whose whose voice would you like? Um, not sure. You know, I think maybe you'd have to be like quite softly spoken and and 
gentle. Maybe someone yeah. like Jude, Jude Law or someone like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think a cool one would be Paul Bettany, wouldn't it? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Be quite he, voiced, he voiced um, Jarvis, didn't he, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he was Vision. But on the other hand, why not Brian Blessed? <laughs> you know? Do you want like Brian Blessed to do your Google Map directions? That'd totally! <laughs> Who doesn't? Or in What's the voice, yeah, in the new voice impairment app, <laughs> Brian <laughs> Blessed bellowing into your ear. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> he, he did an alarm clock app, didn't he, a few years ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it makes sense. He's, he's on a new advert in the UK. Have you seen it? No, no, no. But Ladbrokes. Oh right. Which is a better. Uh, it's a bookmate. And, uh, yeah, it's he, he, just madness. You'll have to look at the up on YouTube. I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's absolutely crackers. It's very funny. Um, so, yeah, that's the new Google Assistant tips with the voice of Issa Ray. Let's move on now to some of our monthly tips and tutorials, which highlight some recent or recently updated articles on Make Use Of, which uh, we, we feel will come in useful to the average computer user. Now, if you use a Mac and you're interested in playing games, that's fine. Uh, a lot of games are coming out these days and they're compatible with a Mac. Uh, if you, particularly if you're using Steam, I, the overwhelming majority of games on Steam are for Windows and Mac and increasingly for Linux, but that's for another day. Now, the interesting thing about these Mac tips is that if you're using Windows, a Windows computer, they're more or less the same tips. Uh, you just need to use the appropriate app. Uh, in the case of learn how to use Mac OS Activity Monitor on a PC, you would be using the Task Manager. And it's basically to keep an eye on the performance of your computer whilst you're playing. Now, that's okay, but um, there are tools like, I think, Steam. If you're using Steam, um, you can use the Steam Overlay, and that will display your performance. Uh, of your computer anyway so if you're getting games through steam you can use it that way uh, the, the activity monitor is a good thing to keep an eye on because you can look at cpu usage you can use it mem look at memory usage and you basically get an idea you know if things are maxing out then you need to make changes to your computer or close other applications to make sure that all of the resources for your computer are focused on the game uh, another tip is to free up hard drive space so there's more space for um you know, more hard drive space uh, for, for the game to run and for memory to be swapped into the hard drive. Disable startup apps. Ah, it amazes me, you know, Gavin, after all these years that startup apps are still an issue for people and operating systems. Yeah, well, I only had it the other day. Uh, I was uh, writing uh, an article for, for the website for Make Use Of about the uh, Telegram, Messenger, desktop clients uh, and I was installing various uh, options to write the article and each one instantly added themselves to startup so right. I had to go out turn the computer off without uninstalling I think I'd installed five new programs at once so the next time I turned on my laptop it was like chugging along and then suddenly you know five new applications all popped up at once so even for you know people like us say who are pretty well versed in tech you know yeah. startup apps can still be an absolute 
pain because they they add themselves to the list so if you're not thinking about it and you're not necessarily aware of the issue that a startup app can have on your system then uh, it's not going to be a place you would instantly think to look yeah absolutely there are various ways to remove uh, startup apps from your computer whatever the platform uh now the tips that we're going to be talking about the news we've already talked about uh we will include it in the show notes so you can head over to uh, make use of to check the main article. Um, the, the tips looking at now by James Hertz. And um, the next thing you do is to disable the macOS notification center to give a small performance boost. Uh, how you do that is by pressing the option key, clicking the icon at the top right, it looks like bullet list. And the icon should now gray out. Click the icon to open the notification center, turn on do not disturb, and then click away from the notification center. And that's it disabled. Um, now, the thing about that tip is that the notification center, when I last had a Mac, which was going back a few years now, um, but um, the notification, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was so much better than anything that Microsoft reminds me of Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finding out that actually it um, can contribute to things slowing down or whatever. Um, although saying that, you know, I've got four messages pending on Windows 10 right now. And then I look at them, and it's mostly nonsense. So may, maybe notification centers themselves need to, you know, across all operating systems, need to take a good hard look at themselves and reconsider the types of nonsense that they're posting. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I keep mine turned off by and large, unless I get very specific notifications from specific apps. That yeah. I don't want to know about anything or see anything because I will eventually click on the apps that I'm using anyway. So I don't need to be disturbed. 148 times a day to click on every single message the other thing i would um add to maximizing your gaming performance um if you're playing online games is make sure you're not downloading stuff at the same time if you've got films or uh, a new linux distro or whatever downloading if you're struggling with in-game performance uh in a networked game make sure you switch that extra stuff off and it'll give you a few extra frames per second yeah totally there's always good tips for uh getting better performance from gaming another option is to play games that are more suited to your system mm, yeah that's the other one don't don't stretch yeah. it too hard yeah yeah uh, we're going to move on to the best cashback apps that reward you for shopping, uh, courtesy of Emma Roth at Make Use Of. It's, um, it's a good time of year to be talking about this because people are buying stuff for Christmas or they're getting ready for uh, Black Friday or, you know, basically spending money um, oh, on Thanksgiving, is, of course. So if you're just buying stuff or you're saving money to buy stuff later on, there's various tools you can use. They're all in apps. Um, I'm going to quickly re- go through these. You'll be able to find them on Android and iOS. So we've got Ibotta, uh, which uh, gives you $20 just for signing up. Checkout 51, which doesn't, uh, but it gives you a lot of coupons and offers to claim. Again, Android and iOS. Get Upside. This is aimed at people who are filling up their cars with gas and you can save up to 25 cents per gallon with that again android and ios that's for belly is an all-in-one's rewards all-in-one rewards card uh it works as a reward system for local shops rather than big box shops again android and ios uh, we've got dosh which is a great name for anything <laughs> um 
it supports deals for locations like JC Penny, Denny's, Forever 21, Sephora. Uh, you'll get a full list of retailers by looking at the app, and it gives you the chance to earn up to 10% cash back for spending at retailers. Uh, again, that's for Android and iOS. And finally, we've got Shopkick. So far, this app has rewarded its users with a total of $78 million in the form of gift cards. Uh, and it gives you your cash back in the form of a gift card, uh, which you can use in... Uh, where can you use the gift cards? Um, Amazon, Target, Amazon, Walmart. Target, Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's plenty yeah. more as well, I believe. I think it's one of those you you amass a certain amount of points and you can trade them out and they've got like a, a long list of different retailers that you can cash them out for. Excellent. So, uh, I, do you know what? I don't, I'm not really into cashback. That sounds like a mental thing to say, doesn't it? How could anyone not like the opportunity <laughs> to get some money back yeah. what i don't like in life is free money i'm, yeah. just, I'm just opposed to it <laughs> i don't All use sounds it a bit communist to me yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, never, I, I never take the time to do these things with the you know occasional exception of signing up to a new um you know gas and electric deal i, I just let it pass yeah. by i don't do a cashback one i do um i do a receipt scanning one i have two actually right. i've got receipt hog uh i can't remember the name of the other one but uh i scan my shopping and uh you know fuel and, and whatever else i can get receipts for i scan it in and the the same as most of the apps we've just mentioned you get a um you get a, a gift card once you've amassed a certain amount of points and you can save up more points to get a higher one and some of them have bonuses and all that sort of stuff so um like you said at this time of year it is worth thinking about how you can maximize your money and uh indeed with the receipts that data is often going to other places anyway so why not take the chance to monetize the data that the company is already monetizing at least you're getting a slice of it so yeah how much would you reckon you make from that then uh i've only been doing about half a year but around christmas i'll probably have a couple of 20 to 30 pound vouchers which is okay. you know nothing to shout about but it's way better than nothing so yeah 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 i, I, I it just occurs to me there is something that i did do and that is google rewards oh that's a good one yeah yeah so i've currently just checked my balance i've got 13 pounds and 71 pence which is probably about 17 18 dollars oh that's um, loads oh. yeah it's uh my total earned is 100 pounds and 34 pence Whoa. Oh, over the course of 652 surveys going back quite a long time um i've been using this pretty much since it was available in the uk mostly i use it for movies um yeah mostly movies a little bit of music but mostly movies and apps but uh yeah yeah i've been doing that uh, yeah i completely forgot about that um but yeah it's a, it's a good thing to do especially if you're going out and about and you've got your location settings on for for the for the app you can you know it'll ask you questions and pay you like you know a few pennies each time but it all adds up yeah worthwhile absolutely yeah okay let's move on um, we may come back to the whole topic of using your mobile device to make money in future for a special really useful podcast but in the meantime how do you boot into safe mode on windows 10 gavin phillips well i will tell you uh mr crawley that um <laughs> there are three main methods uh the method well, first, first of all why would we want to do this 
Why would you want to do it? Well, the primary reason for booting into safe mode, I think, is if you've got a system issue. If there, if if your computer is running into problems, if programs aren't working, or maybe you've picked up some malware from somewhere, you know, anything that's causing your system some some problems, um, you can boot into safe mode. Uh, a safe mode is um, a, a part of the computer configuration where none of the common services and other parts of the operating system that regularly run operate. So it's basically, for want of a better expression, it's, it's just completely stripped back. So when you come to fixing the computer, there's not a lot of other stuff getting in the way of the say like an antivirus program there's mm. nothing getting in the way of the antivirus scanning all of your files effectively um so for example you could use safe mode to run system restore when troubleshooting your computer if it wasn't working um when you were running windows 10 proper um you can boot into it several ways the way I always used to do it back in when we had like Windows XP and what have you, you would just tap your keyboard, wouldn't you? Um, you would tap one of the function buttons or the delete key or, or, or otherwise, and it varies between all computers. Um, but that's actually the third option these days. So Windows 10 has the integrated advanced startup. So Windows 10 advanced startup is sort of like the old system configuration you can press open your windows 10 start menu um, open the power button and press shift and restart at the same time and it will open the advanced startup menu uh, now this does restart your system in recovery mode instantly so before you do that please make sure you have saved any important work you have open because like i said it will restart instantly once you hit the advanced options menu you can choose from the new range of options so head to troubleshoot advanced options then startup settings and restart and after your system reboots you will have options to enter safe mode you'll have options like safe mode safe mode with networking, safe mode with command prompt and so on. Um, for the most part, you just want uh, plain and simple safe mode. Uh, and once you're in there, you can start fixing your computer. Um, the other method I will tell you about is using the Microsoft system configuration, also known as MS config. Um, you can type in your start menu search bar, just type MS config and the system configuration will be the best match. Select that, and once it opens up, you will see a panel. It's got five tabs across the top, general boot services, startup and tools. Uh, you wanna hit the boot menu, and underneath the boot menu options, um, you'll see a little list, and it's got an option to select safe boot, uh, and safe boot with minimal, safe boot with an alternate shell, active directory repair, and networking. Um, for the most part, like I said, you want to stick with safe boot, uh, the minimal option. 
um, and then click apply and OK. And once your system restarts, it will boot directly into safe mode. The thing with the system configuration option is that when you restart your system from safe mode, if you have not turned the safe boot option off in system configuration, you'll end up straight back in safe mode again. So, Whoa. yeah, so from safe mode, repeat the same process. That's going to the start menu, search bar, typing, MS config, and then deselecting the safe boot option and clicking apply. So then when you reboot your computer, you go back to Windows 10 proper. Excellent. Excellent. Now, um, there's a bit of detail in there, so do check the show notes for the full steps uh, for rebooting your PC into safe mode in Windows 10. Uh, we're going to move on to our final item this week. Great interactive fiction games to play online right now. Not while you're listening to us, obviously. Because that. <laughs> Why would you? Um, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as we're done, um, you can go ahead and play this. Um, there are some great games. I've only picked six uh, for this article. Um, but there are far more great games out there. Uh, the, the, you know, there's The Hobbit, the old the old text adventure game of The Hobbit. You can still play that online. Um, it's, you know, that's 30, 36 years old, I think. I think it came out in 1983. It's that's brilliant just, as well. It's, it's just so true. good. Did I put it in as, an, as a bonus at the end, the original version? No, I didn't. Oh, no, I did. I did mention of it. Yeah, 1983, the original version came out, and you can still play that by My Abandonware in, in DOSBox. But, um, yeah, there's so many places you can go to play these games, such as Infocom Games website, the Playfic website, and Text Adventures. These are all in the show notes, but I'm just going to give you a quick idea from the games that you could play. You could play The Hobbit. You could play Photopia by Adam Cadre, uh, which is considered as an influential piece of interactive fiction, post-Infocom. Uh, Infocom were publishers that produced a lot of text adventure games back in the day. Um, there is Lost Pig by Grunk, which is really, you know, you're either going to like that or you're not, because it's a bit um, heavy on the eyes in places <laughs> uh, in terms of um, the, the language used in the game. But it is a surprising piece of fiction. There's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I love to hate. Um because I can never quite get out of the house quick enough. I mean, I can. I have done many times. But you know, if I even forget one step, um, I find myself crushed to death um, by the <laughs> bulldozers attacking Arthur's house or by the bulldozers destroying the Earth. Uh, so, yeah. Whom the Telling... Oh, of course, he tries to guide the galaxy as well, so doing credits by Douglas Adams. Uh, Whom the Telling Changed by Aaron A. Reed and For a Change by Dan Schmidt. Uh, Gavin, do you have any favourite uh, text adventures? Um, I just like a text adventure. I don't know if it falls into it, but have you ever played a dark room, which is sort of a text yes, adventure? Yes, on Android. Yeah, you get it. I played the the web version. Um, yeah. and that's sort of like phone. a yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know I had an Android app. That's yeah, quite yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, I really like that. That's that's quite yeah. good and engaging. Um, slightly different from a text adventure, I guess, but it fits into that bracket. I think. It's kind of a tappy text adventure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got to build resources and to continue the story. So it's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go along with that. Yeah. The thing with text adventures, they kind of fell by the wayside with the arrival of point and click adventures. 
uh, which again another game genre which kind of died off. Uh, it's you know it's coming it's coming back, but I don't think it'll ever reach the heights that it had in the nineties. No, there's some sort of there's some crossover modern RPGs with point and click elements. I mean, I can't remember the Disco Elysium, which is coming out as sort of elements of that, which looks quite interesting. You play a you play a detective who's got to hunt down different crimes and what have you. It's worth worth checking out. It looks quite interesting. Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, text adventures, and you can play these uh, online, and uh, as you'll probably be able to play some of them on your phone as well, actually. Uh, but yeah, that um, that Hobbit game. I mean, I was playing that with my first Commodore sixty four. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, and it came. But there was a there was a can't remember what the name of the company was, but there was a company that would um, you know you pay like X amount of money for X amount of games, and they were reduced price though. They were cheaper than they would be in the shops. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Hobbit was one of the ones I got, and it came with a copy of the book of the novel. Oh, well. that's quite cool. So yeah, and I still got that. Well, I've still got them both, but I've still got the you know the novels on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's yeah. I love that. I love I love that whole sort of getting something bonusy when when, when you you know you're buying something like that. These days, of course, kits like that cost like a hundred quid. I I was looking at um the oh, one of the new big new games that's just coming out now on Xbox and PS4. And it was like you know sixty quid for the the main version or one hundred and five pound for the deluxe. Oh my god! Yeah, I yeah. remember the um, Fallout Four came out a few years back and people buying like the extensive Pit Boy sets of like two hundred quid and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh! Yeah, insane, insane. Um, so that brings us to the end of this week's really useful podcast. Uh, we have just to recap discussed um, the new Amazon Kindle for kids. Google Maps detailed voice guidance and adding Issa Rae as Google Assistant voice. Uh, we've also looked at how to maximize gaming performance on a Mac, cashback apps to uh, help you make a bit of extra money when shopping, and how to boot into safe mode in Windows 10, and some great text adventure games that you can play online in your browser and in some cases on any other device with a browser as well. Um, that will depend on the rendering of the website, but you should. Your mileage may vary, but you should generally get a good job of uh, using it on a phone or tablet, as well as on a desktop or laptop computer. A big thank you to Gavin Phillips. You're so welcome, Christian. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, as always. (laughs) Uh, If you're new to the Really Useful podcast and you've heard anything useful, um, let us know. And also, if you're able to, uh, leave us a review on uh, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, because that would really help. And anywhere else that take reviews. And... uh, we're not only on those places. You'll also find us on Transistor FM and on Google Podcasts and on Stitcher and Spotify as well. Uh, we are- YouTube on YouTube. Thank you. And on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> I knew there was another one. We are the tech podcast for technophobes. Until next time, it's goodbye from us. Bye.